Well, hello. Welcome back to the Bell Witch Podcast with me, Swales, the Friendly Green Witch. What's going on here then? You're wondering why I'm back here so soon after the last episode, which is only a week ago, you know. Well, because it's the season of goodwill to all witches and beautiful souls. I thought I'd do an extra one in December, so you're going to get three shows instead of two. I'll have to apologise for the sound. I'm having issues with my my lovely little microphone that makes me sound awesome, is playing up and being a right pain in the ass. Not working tonight, so I'm back on the headset. So I won't sound quite as clear as I usually do. Apologies for that, I do try my best. This episode is all about astrology and the planets in astrology and the characteristics of each planet. It's absolutely fabulous and it is very heavy going and in depth. It's definitely less of a social episode and more of a learning episode. And that's all right, isn't it? I like to mix it up a little bit for you so I keep you on your toes. My fantastic guest, Anna Betts of AB Cosmic Tarot, which is pretty cool because it's like ABC cosmic tarot but it's because it's Anna Betts cosmic I just really like that I think it's quite a cool name Anna was an amazing guest and she had such a vast amount of knowledge within her it was just mind-blowingly interesting I really enjoyed it I mean she'd been practicing for 20 years and she knew so much she goes through each individual planet in the solar system and tells us exactly what the characteristics of this planet is and it's absolutely brilliant so I recommend getting pen and paper if you're studying astrology taking note getting in contact with her i will link her pages below and i'll give her a shout at the end of the interview so do stay tuned for that and anna had so much to tell me we'll definitely have to get her back on again and i can't wait to do stuff about planets and tarot cards i mean it goes completely over my head astrology is something i don't know much about you know it's um it's hardcore, isn't it? There's just so much to know, but this one is such a cool episode. And I hope you like it. So what's been going on with me since the last you? which is very recently, so not much <laughs> is the answer to that. Although something amazing is going on in podcast land. I recently joined a podcasting Facebook group, or Facebook as uh, Quinn says in <laughs> the Northern Pagans episode, <laughs> Facebook. It's got lots of rules in it, you know, that you've got to follow in terms of socialising and connecting. And through this Facebook page, I connected to a really lovely podcast show. And I might have mentioned them before. It is known as the Eye Opener Society. Across the pond in, uh, it could be California, somewhere like that. It's hosted by Gary and Anna, a stepfather, stepdaughter team. They've got a right good chemistry and it's quite a fun podcast. I really enjoy the banter and the, the conversation is flowing. And I, I mean, that really appeals to me. I love an authentic podcast. And they're always giving me shout outs. So I thought I'd return the favour. Bless them. They're right nice. If you like conspiracy theories and meditation and ghosty talk, and UFOs, I think the most recent one was about UFOs, it was fantastic, about their personal stories. But also I think the one before, Hannah did a, a fab episode on accountability and responsibility. 
And that really resonated with me, you know, especially in Wicca and witchcraft, how we decide to do things for the good, to harm none, like in the Wiccan read. But when shit does it the fan, we don't just go and ask for our sins to be forgiven. We have to be held accountable, learn from our mistakes and do better, like no better do better, right? So when I listened to it and she was talking particularly about parenthood and how when we lose this rag with us kids and then we feel shit afterwards because we have to hold ourselves accountable and it just, it really, really resonated with me. So yeah, help a podcast out from one podcast to another. Thank you for the support. My listeners, if you want to go over there and give them a little bit of a listen and a review and a following, that would be awesome. I could start like a, an intro or an outro feature called Podcast Pals, where I shout out a podcast that I really like and that has been connecting with me. And I think when you get into all that, there's just such an amazing community. Like, they're all just so passionate about the topics and wanting to connect with other people and connect people together. And it reminds me a little bit of the poetry community as well. I like podcasting community and the poetry community are very similar we do it because it makes us happy there's no money in it you know yet i must keep saying yet to get money in it you've got to be reaching like a thousand downloads a day or something really mind-blowing so we do it for the love of it because we love to chat here and we want to connect with people and i think there's a lack of connection in the world today with the scrolling and Instagram perfect lives and stuff and I think podcasting has a certain raw beauty about it because you're only hearing us and sometimes seeing us and we're passionate and we want to connect I think there's a really beauty in that rawness and it helps that there's no writing as well to correct spelling on (laughs) as a dyslexic witch (laughs) that that appeals to me so yay but yes so many people are connecting now thanks to the Facebook community group for podcasters play each other's trailers and ads and stuff and shout outs galore and oh my god i just absolutely love it anyway let's get on with the main body of this podcast episode from lovely anna betts enjoy and i'll see you at the end welcome everybody to the bell witch podcast i'm here again with another moot loot guest today i have anna betts welcome welcome i can't actually see anna at the moment because we're having technical difficulties again anna's come to speak to us about astrology is that right yes yeah thought i'll uh, introduce you guys to the planets and what they mean especially in our natal birth charts to probably help you understand yourselves better and other people. So yeah, let's have a chat. So you've been into this a while, haven't you? Yes, yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing uh, astrology and uh, tarot for almost 20 years now. It's um, a never-ending journey because you always learn something new. But I think the natal birth chart is a very interesting topic for people to as I said, understand uh, themselves a bit better and what all of these planets in the sky, how do they affect our life, everyday life, how they uh, affect our personality. And uh, yeah, that's what I uh, want to talk today about. So first of all, planets, what are they? What do they mean? And uh, I want to introduce the concept of thinking of them as our inner characters. So we 
all have them and each of these characters will have certain characteristics depending on which zodiac sign the planet is in in our natal chart. Let's start start with the sun. The sun is, we need to think of the sun as our inner leader. And our inner leader, obviously, is our personality, is our consciousness, is how we, you know, how uh, inspiring we are and how well we can lead others. Think of the characteristics. So, for example, if your son is at home and your son is in Leo, because Leo is the zodiac sign, which is like home for the sun. So our inner leader will be very confident, very inspiring, very artistic and very bright. However, uh, if we talk about other zodiac signs, so uh, then characteristics will change. For example, if your son is in Scorpio, normally the personality of this person person will be very passionate, very deep, but very uh, introverting. So if the Leo, if our inner leader in Leo is very extrovert, then our inner leader in Scorpio will be actually hiding uh, the emotions, but still be passionate about life. So if we take, for instance, the Capricorn, Sun and Capricorn, this inner leader will be very conservative, very responsible, and this is the person you can always rely on. So 12 zodiac signs give various characteristics to our inner leader. So sometimes when, um, you know, people probably don't get along because, um, you know, somebody is very pushy because of the position of the sun and uh, some people are a lot quieter. Let's take the moon. So if the sun is our inner leader, the moon is our inner child. It's a very important I will call them planets, even though the sun and the moon are not planets, but in astrology, <laughs> we, we still call them planets just to be simplistic. So the moon is our inner child, but also for a woman, the moon uh, also represents mother in us. So we can be a child and a mother at the same time. And uh, this planet is responsible for our emotions. You know, how we emotionally react to things that happen to us, how we, how caring we are, how can we fulfill other people's needs. So let's just um, give some examples uh, of zodiac signs. So the moon feels at home in the zodiac sign of cancer. So that's uh, this sign characterizes our inner child as very emotional, very intuitive, very conservative at the same time. So if we take our inner parent in us like mother, this would be the kind of mother that is very conservative, how they raise their children, very emotional and very protective. But for example, let's take Taurus. 
then our inner child will be practical, very down to earth and very soft natured. If Ooh, we that's yes. Close. Yeah, yes. my, my other half is a Taurus. <laughs> so, but yes, so, um, but um, yeah, so we give this child these zodiac signs characteristics, no matter what planet we're talking about. Let's take uh, areas that will be a very active, energetic, sometimes to the point of aggressive. These are our emotions. Uh, the moon is our emotions. So, some people can control them very well. On the contrary, for example, uh, if the moon is in areas, these people might struggle sometimes to have the emotions under control. And, uh, you know, things can sometimes get out of hand. Okay. So our next character in us is Mercury. So Mercury is our inner journalist. Our inner journalist is responsible for how we talk, how we think, how quickly we can learn and how good we are communicating to other people. And as you know, there are good journalists, <laughs> there are successful journalists, there are sometimes bad journalists, and not everybody is uh, a very effective communicator. Mercury is a good planet to assess if, obviously, we want to see how, you know, quickly the person can learn something, Yeah, how good uh, one would be at school, for, for instance, because sometimes if the Mercury's position is not very advantageous, uh, then obviously we need to have more patience with this person because they think and learn probably a little bit slower. So, for, for example, if Mercury is at home in the zodiac sign of Gemini, they're very intellectual people. So this is a very intellectual uh, journalist. However, somebody can start something and get bored very quickly. So Mercury in Gemini is very changeable. So the person cannot stick to one topic or, you know, do the same thing over and over again. So they just get bored very quickly and they need to be, they need to move to the next topic or to the next subject. On the contrary, if uh, your Mercury is in Virgo, they are very pedantic and they are very rational and they can actually put a lot of effort in one task. So they will do it in very, very big depth. So yes, when we want to see how good uh, this person is a communicator and how quick one is uh, as a learner, that's the planet to assess as well and in what position and in what zodiac sign Mercury is. The next planet is Venus. Venus is our inner lady and this character is responsible for our feelings for the relationships, beauty, our sympathies. So it's obviously a very female planet and uh, we can say a lot about a person 
and how reliable they are in the relationships by analyzing this planet. So let's just take areas again. So very active. So this person will always do the first step. So they will be very energetic. They will always be leading this relationship. Sometimes they can be very impulsive. If, say, your Venus is in Taurus, that will be a very reliable partner. Uh, the one who supports, the one who is very practical, but still very down to earth. Say we uh, have our Venus in Libra. This person will not only assess one's own needs, but they will always be balanced and in harmony with their other half. They're very tactical and they always think about another person rather than just themselves. So also Venus can give us uh, an idea how likely we are to make the right choice. Are we decisive? Are we not decisive? Do we basically know what we want and what we need? So that that's uh, what our inner lady is there for, for us. Our next planet is Mars. And Mars is our inner warrior. Very interesting planet because Mars also gives us energy. Mars is responsible for our activity. It's our inner energy, basically. It's what makes us get up off the bed in the morning. So that's Mars. If Sun is more of our conscious energy, then Mars is unconscious energy because it's basically, it's either this energy is we either have it or we don't. The inner warrior is also, you know, it will give you an idea how feisty the person is. For for example, let's take Mars in Aries. That is a warrior, very active, very pushy, very aggressive. And uh, sometimes, you know, I see the goal and the person sees the goal and will try and achieve it at all costs without, no, nothing can stop Mars and Aries. It's a very aggressive position. So sometimes, yes, uh, need to be wary of these people, but what we need to uh, to understand, the person probably doesn't realize that, and that's the way they are. But um, if we take, for example, Mars in Capricorn, that will be more of a strategist rather than the warrior who jumps on a horse and goes and fights in the field. So our inner warrior, say, in Capricorn is a person who thinks before they act, basically. The Mars in Libra, for instance, will give you a very diplomatic warrior. So who won't just be going all guns blazing, but uh, will be quite balanced, diplomatic before they uh, jump into any actions. 
Or for instance, we, if we take, uh, say, Aquarius, uh, that will be a very free spirit warrior, very original, very independent. This person will struggle, for example, to be in a company because they just want to act on their own and be free from any obligations. Okay, so the next planet. So th th we talked about these five planets. Uh, we call them in astrology personal planets. So just by assessing them five, it will give you a very good psychological portrait of a person. Just by looking at these five, we will know exactly who we're dealing with and um, what is our personal profile, let's put it this way. The other two uh, planets we're going to be talking next, uh, in astrology, we call them social planet, social planets, and they are Jupiter and Saturn. They will show how good we can fit into the society and how well this society will accept us in it. So that they are basically our sociable skills. Jupiter is our inner development manager. Uh, the planet is responsible for your life success, your high education. Jupiter widens our horizons. So Jupiter feels at home in Sagittarius, and uh, this is probably the uh, most comfortable position for uh, the Jupiter, because our development manager can make the most out of this position, because it's very optimistic, and uh, basically the person can achieve a massive variety of successes in one's life and actually strive for success. Jupiter is not giving you something for nothing. Actually, uh, if we take some anal analogy with tarot cards, in tarot uh, card, the Jupiter um, is represented by the card called the devil. So we all have it in us. And sometimes, yes, we make these deals with the devil to basically bring us further. Jupiter is always over and above. When we looked at Mercury, we were probably talking about just primary standard education. When we are talking about Jupiter, we are talking like university education, something over and above uh, the average needs of a person. Jupiter also can show us, uh, for example, people who want to know if they will move abroad, some, some you know, like these big steps in your life. Uh, like, will I move to another country and how basically successful and easy this move will be for me? That's when Jupiter is responsible for that as well. Also, it's religion and basically see how the person, will this person be sort of religious and to what extent? Uh, because sometimes 
it can go the wrong way and uh, addiction to different sects and stuff. That's also Jupiter that can answer all of these questions. But mainly, yes, it's our inner development manager. How well can we develop basically what successes potentially we can achieve in our lives? Okay. The next one. Also, the social planet is the Saturn, and that's our inner boss. If Jupiter expands our horizons, Saturn is trying to push us into certain, basically into the box and limits our freedom. Also, Saturn is responsible, well, it, it is the responsibility. It's anything to do with structure. Saturn is a very grown-up planet. And to, what do we need to look for when we assess the position of Saturn in somebody's natal chart? Basically, how well we receive and how well we can follow the rules because as you know some people cannot stand for example working in the office nine till five uh, because probably their certain say is say in Aquarius so there is no way these people can adjust to all the rules and regulations of corporate culture for instance feel like that's me <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, well, uh, my Saturn is actually in Leo and Leos are very independent as well. So I hate when somebody tells me what to do. I can adjust to a certain point, but there is a limit. But for instance, Saturn is at home in Capricorn. They are fantastic workers. They are... They like following the rules. They can be either very good bosses, conservative bosses, or they will be, you know, fantastic workers who don't mind having a senior manager who gives them orders and they just comply. So Saturn actually will show also potentially and tell us more about our career and basically which area should we apply our skills in better because as i said office job for for example and obeying to rules and regulations is not for everyone and the last three planets they are called higher planets they don't show our personality as such. They do a little bit, but um, they also show some changes which are imposed on us by the outside world. So, for instance, uh, Uranus. Uranus is our inner revolutionary. So, basically, how rebellious we are the planet is responsible for any kind of progress, scientific progress, uh, our personal progress, everything new, and also how well we can fit in the new society. Uranus is always a planet that brings drastic changes into our lives. 
So I don't know, something's happened, like uh, when Uranus um, came into what is not a good position for it in Taurus, we had COVID. COVID hit the world and uh, these are the changes basically, very unexpected, very global changes this planet is bringing and our inner evolutionary in us will tell us how well we'll react to these changes. Will we go with the flow basically and just accept it or we will really struggle and would want to go back to old ways? You know, some, again, taking coronavirus as an example, some people were really struggling to be at home and not like, for example, being able to go shopping or going to the office, but some yeah, took, oh, great, yeah, I'll work from home, um, everything's perfect. So yes, Uranus basically will tell us how we can adjust to very drastic transformational changes. So, um, well, hopefully uh, Uranus will change its sign uh, in early uh, 2025, when hopefully this world will be better, because as we have all seen lots of things happened uh, since 2020 in the world, uh, coronavirus wars, and uh, it's not a very positive situation at the moment. But hopefully, even from the astrological point of view, starting from 2025, the world hopefully will be a better place. The next planet is Neptune, and that is our inner dreamer. So that planet is responsible for our dreams and for our and for our imagination. Neptune is quite a difficult planet because it is very deep emotional level of a person. We talked about moon. Moon is also dealing with emotions, but moon's emotions are more everyday emotions which are sort of on the surface but when we talk about neptune that is something that is hidden very very deep in us and it's very subconscious these are very subconscious emotions depending on what zodiac sign neptune is we can also see and assess possible addictions of a person so, for, for example, alcohol, drugs and uh, all harmful substances, they'll be shown by Neptune and depending on its position, how likely the person can, you know, get addicted to something like that and actually how difficult or easy will then, you know, to, to take them out of it. The most favorable position for Neptune is in um, Pisces, uh, but these people are extremely touchy. They are extremely emotional. One wrong word can set a person like into hysterics and tears. So they are very, very delicate nature, natures, uh, people with uh, Neptune in Pisces. But for instance, if your Neptune is in Virgo, they're very rational. They are very pedantic. All of these deep feelings are probably not about them. 
as such. So if we have, say, Neptune in Gemini, we are talking about very changeable moods. So the person's mood might change from, I don't know, laughter to tears and very easily and very quickly. So, um, so yes, Neptune will show our inner deep feelings and uh, also mental illnesses, um, I'm afraid to say, also come under Neptune. And the last but not least is Pluto. Pluto is the slowest planet in our solar system, and that is our inner force. As well as Uranus, Pluto brings very massive changes to the world. So Pluto is not actually about a person's uh, characteristics. It is basically, we're talking about massive transformation here. Pluto stays in one zodiac sign for about 19 years. And basically, we're talking Pluto is a generation. If you think of it this way, yes, every generation, as we all know, is different. Every generation has got its pros and cons. But the most difficult things happen when Pluto changes signs, and that's exactly what's happening at the moment. So Pluto is leaving Capricorn and is going into Aquarius, which, to be fair, it should settle in properly in uh, January 2024. Aquarius is quite a good position for Pluto because Aquarius is freedom, basically. It's originality, it's freedom, it's independence, and um, it's uh, intellect. So hopefully this new era of Pluto, starting from 2024, will bring us new ideas, you know, in science and technology, and people will probably breathe a little bit better and not feel too much suffocated by their governments and, uh, uh, you know, people who are in power. So looking forward to that, because I think we <laughs> we all need a little bit more good luck. And um, as I said, in 2024, we will already see the improvements and then Hopefully, 2025 will be a fantastic year for even, you know, from the position of the planets in the sky. So, yes, so these are obviously the high level characteristics and um, uh, what you could do. Uh, there are loads of free programs uh, where you can build your natal chart. But for natal chart, you need to know um, your location, the exact location where you're born and um, the exact time. Time, probably five minutes variable is all right but uh, not more than that, because unfortunately, if you don't know the exact time of your birth, you need to do what astrologers call like rectification. So, and uh, just to see what your inner characters are doing, what or how you would characterize yourself. So what's your inner child doing? What's your inner lady? What is she like? What's your inner revolutionary? 
and that will or even characterize try and characterize people around you your husbands your wives uh your parents and um it will be quite interesting because as you can imagine all of these inner characters acting every day in us and all at the same time <laughs> so it's like 12 uh, sorry 10 of these characters all together performing something and just see which character you're struggling with and probably need to develop more or which one you are comfortable with hopefully that was useful and uh, live it were amazing <laughs> <laughs> so yes if you need any help with natal charts and um, please come and i will uh, uh, definitely help that's what i do it's no secret that i love podcasting it's an absolute joy to create and it's kind of become a way of life for me since becoming a podcaster my internal healing has been huge I now like my voice and I enjoy creating content and it's nice to know that people actually come here to listen to what I have to say. And when you start to feel good on the inside, you also start to feel good on the outside too. But then beginning a podcast can be a little bit daunting and one of the big decisions you've got to make when creating a podcast is choosing how and where to record, which platform to use to distribute your amazing new show which you're dreaming up right now. I chose Zencaster for many reasons. I like the design of it, it's easy to navigate, it shows you video but only records audio if you wish. Your guests don't need to have an account, you can send a link. Zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web browser podcast solution and it provides high quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. Podcasters can seamlessly record, produce and publish studio quality content. Log in using your browser and start recording high quality podcasts right away and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you will always have your recording in the highest quality even if the connection is poor and unstable. Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. Set up the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noises with just a click of a button. If you have thought about podcasting before and realise that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over with Zencaster's podcasting platform. You can create your podcast and distribute to Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all other major platforms. If you are interested in joining me on this amazing podcasting lifestyle and want to get going with your own podcast, you can go to zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use the official Bellwitch podcast offer code, which is Bellwitch, B-E-L-L-W-I-T-C-H. And you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. That's zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BELLWITCH to get 30% off. And once you've mastered the technicalities of creating a podcast, you can have all the fun preparing and interviewing. Find my offer link in the show notes. Being a creator has never been easier. So, you know, when people say houses, what planet, what planet's your house in? Okay, so planets are our, these inner characters, they are functions uh, of our personality. 
zodiac signs give that character certain characteristics and then the houses of the horoscope spheres of our life so the first house for example is our personality and what we look like and our behavior basically our image our body what we look like that's the first house that's us very selfish house second house is resources finances property everything material so third house is responsible for studying trips documents close relatives but not parents close relatives and our communication fourth house is our home our family our traditions and property fifth house is children love sometimes love affairs anything to do with performances like theater entertainment and art so that's the fifth house sixth house is our routine daily life health our work not career work yeah it's basically routine our daily routine seventh house is partnership and relationships with another person it can be they can be love relationships they can be business relationships and also our enemies fall in the seventh house seven astrological house eighth house is a difficult house house of crisis it's uh, responsible for various crises in our lives including sometimes you know surgical operation uh, any risks can be death you can read you know a lot like sort of potential death of a person and um, borrowed finances and sex that's the eighth house ninth house is travel high education philosophy and uh, yeah travel abroad if uh, third house is sort of shorter trips then in the ninth house you can see obviously potentially something about your trip abroad for instance tenth house is your career so sixth house is your work your daily job but tenth house will show you your social status it's your career and it also um, is showing like your bosses somebody very senior uh, at work in your life and your achievements to be fair your life achievements that's your 10th house 11th house is your friends everything to do with collective so it's basically a group of people that also is responsible for your plans for your hobbies and for your dreams and the last house 12th house is your inner world everything is esoterics and mystics that's all 12th house basically 12th house is everything that's hidden from a naked eye it's our inner demons our inner dreamers it's um, it's a very personal house of a person but something you cannot touch or feel so think about it then you take your character you give your character characteristics of a zodiac sign but also this planet is in an astrological house 
that's where your inner character will apply its characteristics most in this sphere of life. For example, if, I don't know, your Venus is in the third house, so you are likely to, I don't know, find relationships or build relationships, I don't know, when when you're on a trip or, you know, when you, you know, talk, yeah, you are a very good talker, you can actually, by starting talking and being open, that's where, how you sort of meet uh, your partner. So you basically, yes, you, you you take the planet, you give it characteristics, and then you see what house uh, this planet is, and this is the sphere where this character is working most. My Monty Python mind is just seeing these characters popping in <laughs> to, <laughs> to like house seven, like, you're right, Vera, jar cup of tea. <laughs> but yeah. Gosh, it's massive, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why when you assess natal chart, uh, for example, I, I will take a day to do a person's natal chart with all the uh, characteristics and classifications. So, uh, you know what? Let me see if I can uh, send the print screen. So, as you can see, this is that circle. That is the natal chart, basically. So, you have your planets. You have your zodiac signs and you have your houses. Wow. Gosh, it looks so complicated. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it right. is. It's not, it's not easy. That's why we're here to uh, to help people. Because to be to be fair, I mean, natal charts also help, you know, if you want to say analyze not just yourself, but say your partner. So we will do two natal charts, one for you, one for your partner, and then we cross-reference them and see basically where you are similar and where you are completely different and why. That's uh, that's called synastry in astrology, where we basically comparing to natal chart and see how, how compatible or not compatible people are. So yes, it's uh, th- th- there is so much information in the natal chart that uh, can help you to understand yourself and where to apply your talents best, what are your strengths and weaknesses. So I would recommend to do it because that's your like your unique fingerprints. No natal chart is the same. So um, that's why the exact time of birth is really important. Wow, thank you for that. Anna, it was amazing. No problem. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'm uh, happy to answer any questions you might have. You're going to come back and talk to us about tarot and planets. Yes, yes, I will. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely come back and um, tell you a journey. Let's call it a circle of life hero journey. So we will walk through major arcana and how they correspond to astrology as well. Well, what did you think of that? Did you like it? Oh my God, wasn't it so in-depth though? Bet you learnt loads, I know I did. Massive thank you to Anna Betts for coming along and speaking to me. It's been in the pipeline for a while as this plan, so I'm glad it finally came about. If you want to connect with Anna, she's on Facebook at AB Cosmic Tarot. And all her information is on there. Her email is abcosmictarot at gmail.com. She also offers 
professional readings and tarot readings and all sorts of really cool stuff but yeah do go over and have a look it's on the instagram as well she's lovely and friendly and is just so incredibly knowledgeable I've got a few guests queued up waiting for New Year's entries now. So the next that I'm going to give you is a bonus episode and that's on Yule. And then I'm going to have a break until probably the second week of January when the kids go back to school, which is why I'm giving you a bonus episode for Yule. And then it'll be back to business as usual from the New Year. Thank you for giving me your time and listening to this podcast. Please follow, rate, review me on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can connect with me at the Bellwitch Podcast at yahoo.com or follow me on the Bellwitch Podcast on Instagram with underscores separating each word. More love at Blooming Internet, I'm all over. So yeah, come connect with me. Got a topic you want to come and talk to me about? Slide into my DMs, I'm all ears. The Bell Witch Podcast is produced by me, Swales, Friendly Green Witch, on Zencaster and Wavepad, and the music is by Jeff Harvey. Till next week, witches, stay magical!